Welcome to the Accepted Authority podcast, where we help you overcome a common growth challenge for your consulting business. With me, as always, is Greg Roweth. G'day, Greg. G'day, Andy. How are you going this morning? Yeah, going pretty well. Looking forward to our chat today. Me too, me too. Um, And thanks for joining us. So today, our topic is how do we increase customer value? Now, we raise this because uh, I've noticed it a lot in recent conversations where uh, as consulting leaders, we often get caught up with chasing new business or being so involved in the project itself as soon as we win something then I think understanding that there's so much opportunity with our existing customers, how do we constantly um, evolve it and grow it from a $100,000 engagement, you know, to a $300,000 engagement. So let's, um, let's pick apart that if you like, Greg, and um, maybe we can start with, yeah, what, what's your experience been, you know, I know you've worked in large consulting firms as a consultant, but obviously now uh, helping other consultants to grow their business. Like, what do you? Why do you feel that's a, that's a challenge to grow existing business? Yeah, it's um, a topic that comes up a lot. In fact, I was just talking to another client about this situation this morning, um, where um, she was talking about um, you know finishing a, a project with a client, and um, and and you know that relationship ending with that client, and. Uh, I spoke to her about uh, really taking the opportunity to see that relationship with the client where there's a level of trust established, you know, there's an existing relationship, but to to make sure there's a system in place to have a conversation about what else they can do um, for that client. And, uh, you know, there's a number of services and, you know, Typically, as consultants, we have a, a number of different things we're able to do, and clients present to us with a specific problem, and uh, you know we often start an engagement around fixing that problem. But you know when we're working with the client, there's an opportunity to say, um, "What else is going on? You know what hmm. what else is happening in your business, and uh, why don't we have a look and see if there's." Other ways I can add value and mm. uh, and provide uh, some solutions for you, and, and I think you know it, it's pretty easy for us to get involved with the client and um, look after the work we're doing, and think that's enough, and uh, think that you know the client will you know if they're happy enough with what we would do, they might find you know ask us what else we can do, but. Typically, if we don't tell them, they don't know. So I think you know it, it really is part of our process that we should systemize is that you know, we need to have that what else can we do conversation uh, with every client that we work with. Absolutely. And, I've, and one thing that's, that I've seen as well, Greg, is if we go in with a... Uh, a specific system or a, I mean, I call it a signature system, but if mm-hmm. you have, say, a micro-engagement mm-hmm. or, a, or a service that you can really show these are this is the value you can provide, then at least you can start to map out a bit more of a, an opportunity funnel, if you like. You know, mm-hmm. So this is where we start. But as a leader, we need to be focused on this is the vision for this account. And so how do we go about 
how do we go about building that vision and, and actually being proactive enough to, to uh, if your team is, is working on the client, then mm. how, do we, how do we get in front of that? How do we be proactive in terms of building those conversations and building the opportunity value? Yeah, well, this is actually a favourite topic of mine. Um, so, right. <laughs> um, you know, I think it really does come back to you know, how we sell ourselves to our clients. So right back to our marketing system, where we're educating our clients through that buying journey of what problems that we solve and, and what we can do for our client. And you know, even in the sales conversation, being able to identify that perhaps the problem they're presenting with is just a symptom of a deeper root cause. Mm -hmm. And when we can help them understand that you know, we need to work on not just the problem that they're telling us about but the the things that are causing that problem to occur um, then we can establish a foundation for probably a, a deeper level and maybe a, a longer lasting relationship with that client so you know there's a number of um, methods that we can use and one of my favorites is to have models or frameworks to describe you know, what situation they're in and where they want to be and, and how we can help them. Um, but to, to be able to set up in that, you know, process framework of how we work with our clients, um, show them that there's actually a number of steps involved mm -hmm. in that process. So, you know, the first thing we do with them is, is the first thing we do. You know, so there's, we're already pre-selling the likelihood that there will be more things to do once we finish step one um, and you know one of the favorite things that I've uh, seen work um, and, and we've used uh, initially is not to sell them straight up with a solution but to to start the engagement with a diagnostic process mm -hmm. where we go in and um, work with that client you know to really find out all the, the issues that are occurring and uh, and then be able to recommend, you know, the, the, the way forward. And, you know, often that is, you know, well, here's step one um, where we need to start and, and tackle the biggest problem. But once we've, we've solved that, then there are other things that need to be worked on as well. And then, you know, we're already pre-selling the fact that you know there's there's more to do um so you know ideally you know rather than getting in that situation where you know you start to work with a client about solving their problem if you've got a better sales and marketing process in place you can already pre-sell that ongoing um work relationship before you even start stage one i love that greg and i think when you talked about models yeah there's such a powerful mm. tool and there's uh, what we'll do is we'll share a, uh, a reference sheet for you in the in the notes. But if you can figure out what we're saying there is if you can figure out a natural pathway that just as doesn't end with your initial piece of work, but mm. actually shows the journey. And I, I know you've got a great pathway. Uh, I think it's like a nine-step process or maybe there's a six-step yeah. process. It used yeah, to be nine, nine steps. Mm -hmm. Nine steps, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've got a three-step process for the initial 12 weeks. And it just gets to helps a client visualize what's the what's the transformation pathway you're taking mm. them on, and 
from a model point of view, how do you how are you able to then articulate it? Because we you know visuals are a great way to communicate that value. So, okay, so what we've said there is establish a pathway, which is great. And so um, say, well, what if a common challenge that, I, that I'm hearing a lot now is for clients that are larger sort of enterprise, there's often mm. multiple touch points. Mm. So how do we go about ensuring that some of those relationships aren't lost or the opportunity mm-hmm. isn't um, diminished because we're so focused on solving this problem over here? Yeah. And um, yeah, this is one that I learned the hard way. <laughs> um, <laughs> Please share. Yeah. Um, personal experience. Um, I was working with a, a client um, where, you know, I'd been, well, you know, typically I work with the, the owners of the business or, you know, the senior management level. Um, but in this case, they were a larger organization. And um, one of the projects that we'd um, identified as needing to be done required me to work with the sales team and the the sales manager rather than the CEO. So um, I happily went off and worked with the sales team and we got good results with that. Um, But once that project was finished, then that was the end of the relationship. Mm-hmm. And what I'd forgotten or really what I learned through that process is we've got to do two things at the same time. You know, we've got to do good work and make sure that we're getting results in the work we're doing. But we yes. also have to focus on the relationship with the real client at the same time. Mm-hmm. So making sure that we're you know, not just reporting back on work progress, but you know, building the relationship through, mm. you know, additional added value things or, you know, really looking at, you know, supporting the the client um, as we're working on the, the project that we're engaged on. That's so true. And thank you for sharing, Greg. It's exactly, it's exactly the case. I think, uh, you know, I've had a similar experience where I would, uh, I've been working with, I guess, the employees, mm. you know, so the, the, uh, operations or or whoever in the team marketing in the team but really if the business owner is not happy then mm. uh, you know I went through a situation where essentially we we're working with this team and uh, I know that the business owner wasn't happy with the, the people we were working with mm. so I spent mm. four months building this relationship they got the flick and, yeah. the, the, and the, the the business owner kind of said, oh, look, yeah, these people aren't working out. We're going to put everything on hold and we'll bring in some other yeah. person. So I complete ex- exactly what you're saying. I completely mm. forgot to ensure that who's the person that actually pays the bills? Well, it's, yeah. it's the business owner. You know, the employee, they are obviously important relationship, but we, we just need to focus on, on that. I just want to touch on something that also comes to mind as well, Greg, with, you know, when we win a piece of work. Say, mm. for example... When we uh, we win the work, and for whatever reason, there just isn't an opportunity right now. Mm-hmm. What I've learned is that we really need to focus on having a communications cadence mm. that doesn't just stop with a, a couple of emails or a couple of phone calls. But we we also realize that in consulting, opportunities will come up three months, six months, twelve months. Yeah. So mm. maybe in a three year period, you might get three or four engagements, but it might just start with one micro engagement. So um, even this morning. Uh, a, a professional services client, they sent me a, a, an email and said uh, to a reply to a, um, a case study 
sort of customer story that we did about a, solving a you know cybersecurity mm-hmm. uh, problem. Mm-hmm. And it was a it was a genuine lead, genuine opportunity. And they said, look, I love the story. Can you do something like that for me? Yeah. So it mm-hmm. and they you know they've been a, a lapsed client if you like. So I think mm-hmm. when we're thinking about the initial engagement, even if we don't for whatever reason is there's you know there's budgets or there's, it's mm-hmm. not the right time maybe we're at christmas mm. time it, you know it's so important to be able to then think strategically around well how can we continue to add value and be top of mm-hmm. mind yeah you know, just reference that that one point of call but what would your uh what would your uh you know feedback on that be around how do we you know engage those laps mm. yeah and again <laughs> you know Doing it the wrong way has taught me um, to look at things differently and um, and look at how I can improve my process. Because yeah, I've often been in that situation where um, you know we've we've reached a certain milestone point with clients, and they you know sometimes the effort of getting there is such that they need to take a break, and mm-hmm. they're not unhappy with what we're doing, um, but they just need to implement some of the things and make sure they're working and you know before they move on to the next stage so um it's been you know a halt in the relationship or just being put on hold but typically you know if we wait for the client to come back to us and say okay let's go you know next next step never happens mm-hmm. <laughs> um but you know the, the next worst thing is to be you know, calling that client up and saying, well, how are things going? Mm. Um, are you ready to take the next step yet? Yeah. Uh, you know, that's just looks like, oh, well, you know, you're hungry and you're desperate mm. and need more mm. work. And, mm. you know, maybe they think, oh, that's not such a good situation. Mm. So, again, you know, coming back to my favourite saying of you know, being the saviour, not the servant, you know, and, and where the servant basically delegates the responsibility for getting things done to the client where you know, the client tells us what to do and when they're ready to do it and, and all of that um, process. You know, being the saviour means that in that relationship where the client you know, justifiably needs a pause or you know, the project's finished and they're not ready to take on the next um, project, it's mm-hmm. about you know, maintaining that level of um, authority in the relationship where we understand what the client needs probably better than they do. And so we can say, right, okay, yep, I understand that you need to pause at the moment, but let's make a plan for re-engaging and, and um, moving on to the next project. You know, So mm-hmm. there's certain things that you need to do right now to make sure what we, you know, what we've done gets implemented and, and is working effectively. Mm. Um, so if there's any you know, faltering in that process, let's get in touch and you know, I'll be in touch monitoring how that's going. Mm. But we need to set a timeline on when we go to the, the next project. So you know, what sort of timing do you need? When do you think that could start? And let's plan for that. So really being more assertive and authoritative in that process and not just leaving it to the client, but mm. you know, building on that relationship where we, we are the authority, we know what they need um, yeah. and um, really you know, 
being proactive in that process of engaging, monitoring and restarting um, when we think it's necessary and, you know, not, you know, not being pushy or, um, you know, but uh, just being helpful and, you know, being the authority like a, a doctor would be if, uh, you know, there's a monitoring process needed and we need to go back for another checkup in a, a year's time. They're calling us, or their you know their assistant is calling us, saying it's time for your appointment, and expecting that to be done. Not uh, yep. <clears throat> not trying to sell us on the need for it at that point. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And the the uh, I love your savior, be a savior, not a servant, and and take the you made a really great distinction there, Greg. Taking control of it and actually, mm. um, you know, you are yeah, you are the authority. You you know the space inside out. It's not up for the client to talk about what they think they need. You know, you're, I always like to think of professional services or consulting as, as basically professionally helping someone to solve a problem. And that, mm. that's what we're hired to do. So building on that, as you say, with, uh, with advice, so mm-hmm. a- actual advisory, taking away the, uh, I guess, the, the emotion, if you like, of, of, well, I really want this client to extend, mm. but, you know, what is best for them right now? And, I remember there was a, a conversation I, I've had a couple of weeks ago and uh, the client said, look, I, I really want to engage, but I just need three months to get mm. A, B and C in place. And then can we have reach out and have a chat? And I think respecting that idea of, well, if, if you constantly build that trust and this can be done through, as I say, communication cadence, whether it's emails mm. is a good starting point, but you want to continue to be authoritative and uh, and continue that influence and you know yeah simply be helpful whether it's sharing other Mm -hmm. uh, you know great helpful resources along the way just to say look i'm not here to call and and ask if if, you know are you ready are you ready yeah as as we know it's it's not Mm -hmm. viable it's not scalable no yeah no i love what you said about you know what's best for the client And, and that needs to be the place we're starting from you know not you know what do we want but you know if we have as our focus what's best for the client you know we will often know that better than they do um and so we can have that you know authority in that relationship where we can work and and really re-emphasize you know this is the best thing for you right now Mm. um you know we shouldn't hesitate any longer and um, you know, go ahead with the next stage, uh, and you know, you're not selling, you're not doing it for your benefit, but really doing it for the benefit of the client. Exactly, and, and I remember um, a coaching firm that I uh, I did some work with. Uh, we we did a, a a vision statement for them, you know, three years, and and they talked about wanting to have um, twenty year contracts with clients. Mm. And when you think mm. of it like that way, or, or even 10 years, you know, it's mm. like, okay, here's three months of work, but we want you, we want to be involved in your success for the next five years, 10 years, yeah. the life cycle of your business. Mm-hmm. Then when it comes to actually thinking about that three-month engagement, it just really puts things or put things in perspective for me because I went, yeah. of course. Well, that mm-hmm. that's the natural value of growing that yeah. and actually growing, you know, because you're growing as a business as well. You're not going to stand mm. still they're also going to be able to grow too. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that will also set you apart as well from any yeah. other firm is, is, is thinking about long-term 
that's yeah. what we want. That's right. I think, I think there's almost um, a pride in, you know, for some client, uh, some consultants to think that they've done their job when the client doesn't need you anymore. Mm. You know, and it's about, you know, shifting and moving on from working with that client because, you know, you've mm. solved the problem and, uh, you know, it shouldn't be a long-term engagement. But that I always mm. look at it is, you know, what's the client's next problem? You know, when mm. we've solved this problem, we create the next problem and wouldn't it be great if we could help them with that as well? So I love that concept of a 20-year engagement. <laughs> so yes. far, my longest uh, engagement with a client is seven years, and that's wow. <clears throat> and that's only stopped because I sold the business. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and you know, and they still you know were engaged with the you know the people who bought the business from me. So yeah, you know, it's when you understand that you continue to add value and mm. You know, they the client loves it because they're always getting value and improving their situation with that uh, relationship. Then, yes. yeah, the longevity of a relationship is something to be proud about. <laughs> Absolutely, Greg. So, really, what we've, we've you know ca- recapping our conversation today, we're talking about customer value and how to improve it. Essentially, uh, we want to think long term. We want to have a system, or at least show them a pathway, a journey, a transformation about where we're going to get to so it's pre-sold. Uh, and we, and I guess the last thing we sort of touched on there was around, um, you know, phrasing and and thinking about what's best for the client and yeah. really being being mm-hmm. um, being a, a, a true professional consulting a consultant. We're, we're mm-hmm. professionally helping someone. So, uh, so yeah, thanks. Thank you, Greg. Now, if, uh, if you have, enjoyed the podcast today and i'm sure you have then would love a ratings on either itunes or spotify or wherever you get your podcasts because it simply helps create more impact for us with other business owners in the consulting environment so and greg i want to thank you um thanks for your time today now where can we find you um linkedin is uh a good uh, place to see me we're at um, just search for greg roworth or uh, my website, businessfightpath.com, where I offer some um, free reports that um, particularly in uh, relation to what we're talking about today, um, my uh, free report called The Consultant's Guide to Attracting More Premium Clients uh, might be something that uh, you have an interest in and uh, is a free download that's available on my website. Awesome. Uh, you can find me at Andy Marmont on LinkedIn, uh, concurve.com.au is the website. And we've, we've put up a, uh, a short video, five minute video about the three blockers to uh, what's stopping you from growing your consulting firm sort of talks about uh, my approach to growing consulting firms. So if you want to have check that one out on either YouTube or my LinkedIn profile, feel free to do so. So thanks again. We'll see you all next week. Uh, and uh, that this has been the Accepted Authority. Right. Thanks, Andy.